0: My name is Jamon McKinney, or you can just call me Juice, because that is my nickname. Welcome everyone to the Juice Alert, episode number 22. If you have not subscribed to the Juice Alert already, be sure to do that right about now. You will not regret it. You can find me on YouTube As well as podcasting platforms that include Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that great stuff. You can also follow me on social media. If you want to troll me on Twitter or connect with me on a very high note, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is at G-H-I-M-A-N-M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. The Twitter account for The Juice Alert is The Juice Alert. And... My Instagram account, my personal one, is G-H-I-M-A-N underscore M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. And the other Instagram account for the Juice Alert, you know, the the show's actual account, that is the Juicelert underscore. Today, people, pretty short show, not going to dive into a whole lot of topics. I just felt these were very hot topics that I want to talk about. You know, I've kind of been, you know... Having a crazy week, you know, I had to kind of, you know, travel back home from, you know, college, things of that nature. A lot of things going on behind the scenes, but I promise all of you, next week, I have jam-packed shows, multiple episodes covering great topics. We'll talk about some college football. We'll talk about some NBA, hopefully, within the next two, to, within the next week or so. Um, I have you guys covered on the on the highest topics, especially some of the hotter NFL topics. As we're going to be roughly about eight weeks through the NFL season after uh, Monday. Yes, we are going to be eight weeks through the season for NF- for the NFL after the New York Giants play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a lot of things I'm going to be covering um, over the next you know couple of weeks. But today I'm talking about the Buccaneers. I'm going to talk about Kyler Murray. I'm going to talk about the Patriots. I'm going to talk about the Miami Dolphins. So Let's start off the show by talking about Kyler Murray. So this past week, the Arizona Cardinals improved to five and two on the season in 2020 after beating the Seattle Seahawks in overtime, 34 to 37. And it was a great game. I had a lot of takeaways from this game. But my biggest takeaway from the game that I wanted to share with you guys, I think this is, I think this is something that needs to be said as of right now. If Kyler Murray wasn't already a top 10 quarterback heading into the Seattle Seahawks game, Kyler Murray is now officially a top 10 quarterback as we speak today in 2020. He's officially in that group, in my opinion. This is the type of game that I want to see from Kyler Murray. You know, it's cool that Kyler Murray can beat up on the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's cool that he can beat the 49ers in week number one, but this was a nationally televised game. A lot of people were watching, including myself. I'm pretty sure all of you probably watched the game because if, because if you didn't, you missed out, okay? You know, the Seattle Seahawks, they were coming to town. They were coming into Arizona, Kyler Murray's home field. They came into his building off a of bye week. And the Cardinals, they came off a big emotional win versus the Dallas Cowboys on a nationally televised game on, on Monday Night Football. And for Kyler Murray to turn around after that emotional win versus Dallas. I know Dallas isn't a, isn't a great football team this year, but Arizona, they're not on very very many primetime games. It was a big deal. It was a big win for the Cardinals, okay? But for Kyler Murray to turn around after being on national TV on Monday versus the Cowboys, they performed pretty well in that game, on a short week, to have the performance that he had versus the undefeated Seahawks team at the moment, it was truly sensational, okay? Kyler Murray, in my opinion, should be in the MVP conversation this year. Now, obviously, Russell Wilson is still at the top, in my opinion. I think Aaron Rodgers is right behind him. I think that Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are battling it out for that fourth spot. There might be someone I'm forgetting, but Kyler Murray should at least be in your top five as far as MVP candidates go. And Kyler Murray, he did it all in the Seattle Seahawks game. Outside of one bad interception where he just overthrew his wide receiver and it got picked off, he played a pretty clean game. You know, six seventy-one percent completion percentage, four hundred total yards, four touchdowns total on the day, a one hundred four point five passer rating. And this team, this Cardinals team right now, they're five and two. And they're on their way to making a playoff berth if their team stays relatively healthy. Knock on wood. And by the way, I told you guys the Cardinals were going to be a playoff team. A lot of you people said, no, you're crazy. What are you talking about? You got to start listening to your boy because I'm providing you the great insight that you need, okay? But either way, Kyler Murray this year is second in the NFL, he's second in, the NFL in total touchdowns. He's having an amazing season. He just won Rookie of the Year last year. I know some of you people are going to say, well, Kyler Murray hasn't even won a playoff game yet. How can you put him in your top 10 quarterbacks? Let me ask you guys a question. After Carson Wentz went on a run last year to get his team into the playoffs, beating very trash teams in the NFC East, a lot of Eagles fans and a lot of you people told me that Carson Wentz is a borderline elite quarterback, that he's a top 10 quarterback, that he's great. Well, as I speak today, Kyler Murray's having a better season than Carson Wentz. As far as I'm concerned, Carson Wentz does not have a playoff victory, and he doesn't have back-to-back winning seasons. Kyler Murray is every bit as good as Carson Wentz right now. And if you're going to put Carson Wentz in your top 10, you got to have Kyler Murray, in my opinion, in that top 10. A lot of people are big fans of Lamar Jackson. And I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan, too. I think Lamar Jackson, as of right now, is arguably a top-five quarterback. But guess what? He and Kyler Murray have something in common. Oh, they haven't won a playoff game. And not to mention, Lamar Jackson's had way better coaching stabs, way better defenses, better offensive lines, and better overall teams throughout his young career than Kyler Murray has up to this point. You know, I think the Arizona Cardinals are a team on the rise, but Baltimore's had a very good roster the last two seasons. Lamar Jackson, he's been great, but he does have a playoff victory. You have to, if you're going to put Lamar Jackson in your top 10, the way Kyler Murray's playing this year, I think you have to, you know, keep the same energy with Kyler Murray. In fact, this year, Kyler Murray is on pace to throw more touchdown passes than Lamar Jackson, along with more yards. He's got a better completion percentage, and Kyler Murray this year could be a player that throws for 4,000 yards and rushes for 1,000 yards this year. A lot of people felt that, you know, Lamar Jackson's season last year was spectacular and sensational, and I argue it was one of the seven greatest MVP seasons of all time, maybe top five arguably, okay? But I think that passing for 4,000 yards and rushing for a 1,000 yards is better than throwing for 3,000 yards and rushing for 1,000 yards. That's what Lamar Jackson did last year. He rushed for 3,000 yards, not, not rushed for 3,000, he threw for 3,000 yards and rushed for a 1,000 yards, okay? But Kyler Murray... He has an outside shot to get 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards. He's just, he's on pace to be around 980, 80 80 rushing yards on the season. So he's going to be very close. Okay. But if Kyler Murray achieves that feat, he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. When we talk about arm strength, accuracy, mobility, the ability to throw all platform, your playmaking ability, how intelligent you are, Kyler Murray. He qualifies to be a top-ten quarterback as we speak today in 2020. And the scary thing about Kyler Murray is that he's only getting better. He still has another level that he could tap into. Kyler Murray has not even scratched the surface yet. You know, everyone talks about Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is honestly peaked. Kyler Murray is getting better and better. I said in the offseason that Kyler Murray will have a better NFL career than Lamar Jackson. A lot of people gave me pushback. And ultimately... I think that I'm going to be right on the money when it comes to Kyler Murray in regards to comparing him to Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is a bad quarterback because Lamar Jackson, he has a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. He's, he's on a very good team. And he's a dynamic quarterback. But long term, I want Kyler Murray. And as of right now, I think we need to start giving Kyler Murray a little bit more praise You know, than we've been giving him over the last year and a half. I think Kyler Murray is officially a top 10 quarterback for all the reasons that I mentioned. No doubt about it, in my opinion. Okay, let me talk about the New England Patriots. Now, at the time of this recording, it is early Sunday morning, okay? And more than likely, this segment will get will get out to you guys while the Patriots and Bills game is going on. So listen. I'm going to kind of bash the Patriots a little bit right here, but I recognize the Patriots could turn their season around. I think the Buffalo has been a shaky team this year. You know, they've had some impressive wins. They've had some bad losses. Josh Allen's been good one week. He's been inconsistent the next week. The bills, they're not quite a suitable contender this year. And I would not be shocked if the Patriots can beat the bills in their week eight matchup in 2020. Okay. But listen, man, the Patriots as of right now, they're really struggling. Now, Now, again, like I said, They could turn things around versus Buffalo, but it's a coin flip if they do, because the Patriots, they just got annihilated and destroyed by the 49ers last week, 33-6 in their home stadium, and offensively, the Patriots have been a mess. The Patriots right now are ranked 29th in points per game in the NFL. That's not very good. That's not a Super Bowl caliber stat right there at all, not even a playoff caliber stat. If you're ranked 29th offensively, you you more than likely are not a playoff team. So the Patriots, they have to get better offensively. And I understand that they've had, you know, some unfortunate luck this year. A lot of players opted out, you know, before the season started. You know, Cam Newton learning a whole new system, you know, and let's be real. I think that if Cam Newton played versus the Kansas City Chiefs, the 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 Patriots could have won that game, okay? Unfortunately, Cam Newton didn't play due to having covid he was, you know, not able to practice with the team for a good little while. And and it showed versus the Denver Broncos as he was rusty. They lost that game. But I'm sorry, man. I at this at this point right now, I have to stop. I have to stop defending Cam Newton until he shows me something. I have defended Cam Newton on multiple occasions on this show. In the offseason, I say Cam Newton is already a top 10 quarterback right now. I say he's got a very strong arm. He's very accurate when you give him time to throw. He's a very smart quarterback. And I thought that his mediocre numbers at times were due to lack of talent around him. However, I'm done making excuses for Cam Newton as we speak today, okay? I'm all about controlling the things that you can control. And Cam Newton, this season, he's missing wide open wide receivers. He's not been that accurate. He's not seeing the field properly. There's wide receivers open you know, within the within, stru- within the structure of plays, and he's not seeing those wide receivers. He's been very erratic. He's not been accurate enough. He's been very consistent. And for what it's worth, he's thrown for two touchdown passes to seven interceptions as a 71.7 pass rating in five games played. And I understand that a lot of people are going to say, well, Cam Newton's learning a new system. The wide receivers are bad. You got to feel sorry for Cam Newton. And to a certain degree, I do feel sorry for Cam Newton because the Patriots, they're not doing him any favors offensively due to the weapons that they put around him. But I'm sorry, man. Tom Brady won 12 games with the same system and the same weapons last year. The same system that Cam Newton is in and the same weapons Cam Newton has right now, Tom Brady had last year. He won 12 games. And by the way, Justin Herbert, have you noticed him this year? Yeah. He's been destroying NFL defenses as a rookie. Joe Burrow, he's looked very good as a rookie. Do you know what those two players have in common? They're rookie quarterbacks, and they're learning whole new systems as well. These are rookies learning new systems, and they are playing very well, and Cam Newton isn't. So if Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow can, in a pandemic year, in a very weird offseason with a lot of Zoom meetings, if they can go out there and ball, I cannot absolve Cam Newton as he's been to a Super Bowl, and he's won a wide elite MVP, I hold him to a higher standard. As far as I'm concerned, the Patriots' offensive line is still relatively pretty good. As far as I'm concerned, the Patriots have a decent running game. As far as I'm concerned, outside the 49ers game, the Patriots' defense this year has been arguably a top-ten unit. That's just my opinion. All Cam Newton this season really has had to do is be accurate and not turn the football over. And he's not done those things. He just hasn't. And at this point, due to the fact that Cam Newton is struggling in New England early on in the season, Cam Newton's early struggles indicate and suggest that he might be an overrated quarterback. Now, I'm not saying Cam Newton officially is overrated, but because, like I said, I'm going to give Cam Newton the benefit of the doubt. I want to see how the Patriots play the Bills this week because if they play the Bills very tough and they beat the Bills this week... They're right back in the playoff hunt, but if they lose that game, they're more than likely probably not going to the playoffs. The Buffalo game is a must-win game for the Patriots, so I'm going to wait and see how that plays out, but as of right now, Cam Newton, he's getting exposed to a certain degree because, you know, there are some people like me in the past that have said Cam Newton's a top-ten quarterback, and those people might have to eat their words because right now, he's not even playing close to a top-ten quarterback, and... For the people that have said in the past Cam Newton is overrated and that Cam Newton outside of 2015 has not been all oh, that spectacular, those guys, they get a pal in the back today. Because I put Cam Newton through a cold-blooded heart test that I did not want to put him through. But if I'm being brutally honest, and that's my job on this channel, to be brutally honest, I'm not kissing anyone's feet. I'm not sucking up to any players. I'm just telling you what I see on tape and when I watch these games. and. I took away Cam Newton's best and worst season, and I evaluated his body of work throughout his 10-year career. So I took away 2015, and I took away this season because this season arguably has been Cam Newton's worst season statistically. He's probably on pace to have his worst season as a pro this year. It's not all his fault, but I've always had this theory that if you take away a quarterback's best and worst season, whatever other sample size you have, is kind of what they are because any great any rapper that has talent can go out there and be a one-hit wonder. Any quarterback that has some talent, has a good coach, has a good roster, they can go out there and win games and have one great season, okay? But what makes Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees all-time great quarterbacks or you know, it's it's the consistency. And Cam Newton, if you look at the 8-year sample size, If you take away Cam Newton's worst season, because let's be real. You know, every quarterback deserves a break every now and then, okay? You know, one year you might have an off year, okay? Let's take that away. If you take away Cam Newton's best season, you know, the season where he was NFL MVP and led the Panthers to the Super Bowl, he was great that season. May have been the best player in all, football, in 2015. He was that good during the 2015 season. I've got eight years. I've got 147 touchdown passes. I've got 98 interceptions. If you divide those touchdowns and those interceptions by 8, you're left with 18 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Why do I say that? I say that because that's his yearly average based on this 8-year sample size. So if I divide all these numbers out during that 8-year stretch, if you take away Cam Newton's best and worst season, he averages 18 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions a season. 18 touchdowns to 12 interceptions is not special. That's not MVP-level football. That's good football, but that's not great by any stretch if you take away his best and worst season. Not to mention, five of those eight seasons, Cam Newton did not complete 60% of his passes. I want my quarterbacks to be around 62% At minimum sixty, maybe I can, maybe I can, maybe you can get by if you're doing great things. But he doesn't meet the benchmark, and we're also left with a below five hundred record: fifty three wins, fifty four losses, and a tie. And not to mention, Cam Newton, the last couple years, has been constantly banged up. He's been constantly hurt. And he's not been consistently available to play. He's always been playing around 70 to 80%. A lot of people in Carolina point to maybe his production being down due to the fact that he was not fully healthy. Well, guess what, people? The best ability is availability. And Cam Newton at times, over the last couple of eight seasons, he just has not been available to play 24-7. He's not the most durable quarterback. His body has been breaking down. As Cam Newton has gotten older and older, it seems like he's getting more and more consistently unhealthy As body continues to break down. Cam Newton, when you watch him play, I don't see the same rocket arm that I used to see. I see a very good arm, but I think he's lost some arm strength. I think he's lost some speed. He's not the athlete that he once was. If you think Cam Newton is anywhere close to 2015-level Cam Newton, you're crazy because he's not anywhere close to that player right now. And I was one of the people that laughed at the Carolina Panthers and the Colts and the Chargers for passing on Cam Newton. I said, man, the Chargers, they chose Justin Herbert over Cam Newton. The Colts, they chose Phillip Rivers over Cam Newton. The Panthers, they chose Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton. All three of those teams, are in better positions to make the playoffs than the Patriots as we speak today. And you might think to yourself, the Chargers don't have a great record. Well, guess what? they got their quarterback of the future, Justin Herbert. He's a stud. And Justin Herbert is going to get nothing but better and better if he continues to work hard and get more experience and get more in-game reps. Cam Newton, he's officially peaked. He's peaked. I don't see Cam Newton returning to that 2015 form anytime soon. Justin Herbert, he's only scratching the surface, and he's already shredded NFL defenses. So all I'm saying, people, is listen. Cam Newton, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because he's won MVP, he's been to a Super Bowl, to a certain degree, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. But if Cam Newton cannot make the playoffs with this roster, I'm sorry. I have to officially label him an overrated quarterback, especially due to the fact that I've seen Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Matt Castle all win games with the Patriots. They've all looked good and won games with the Patriots, and none of those guys have won MVPs like Cam Newton. I have to hold Cam Newton to a certain standard. And again, maybe I was overrating Cam Newton in the first place, but ultimately, Cam Newton has to be better or else he's not going to be the long-term starter in New England. He might not even have a job next year if he continues to play this poorly. And ultimately, Cam Newton, he has to go out there and show me that he is not an anomaly from 2015 going forward. I'm holding Cam Newton accountable, and he needs to make the playoffs to really solidify that he's not an overrated quarterback because ultimately, the recent struggles that Cam Newton has presented to the table, they suggest that he is an overrated quarterback As we speak today. Speaking of the Patriots. So Tom Brady. He decided to leave the Patriots. This offseason. He decided to leave Bill Belichick. He went to Tampa Bay, and I felt it was a smart move just because, you know, Tom Brady, I felt that he and Belichick's success had peaked in New England. You know, they they went to nine Super Bowls, they won six of them. They weren't gonna get to the Super Bowl anytime soon, with Baltimore, Kansas City being on the rise. Tom Brady increasingly is getting older and older. I think that the system is kind of, you know, worn out a little bit in New England. That that system is a little bit stale. So I didn't blame Tom Brady for leaving. And ultimately, right now, Tom Brady. He is winning the divorce with Bill Belichick early on in the 2020 NFL season. Through eight weeks, it's not even close. Tom Brady, by a landslide, is beating Bill Belichick right now in, the, in regards to their breakup. The Patriots right now, with an MVP-level quarterback in Cam Newton, okay? I, I know I bashed Cam Newton in the last segment, but let's be real, people. Cam Newton has some skills. He's not a bum. He's won won an MVP in the past. A lot of people in the past have said, well, if Belichick had any, had any other MVP-level quarterback, guess what? He still wins six or seven Super Bowls with that quarterback outside of Tom Brady. Tom Brady's job isn't that hard. Belichick can win multiple Super Bowls with any quarterback. It doesn't matter. Well, Belichick has an MVP-level quarterback at Cam Newton that's hungry and starving for a new contract. And... Right now the Patriots, they're 2 and 4 on the season. I get it. Context definitely matters because the Patriots they've had they've had a lot of players opt out due to injuries and not injuries due to COVID. You know, I think some players opted out due to injuries, maybe maybe not. But bottom line, a lot of players have opted out this season for the Patriots. They've had to deal with, you know, the whole the whole COVID-19 situation where Cam Newton wasn't able to practice with the team for a couple weeks. He was clearly rusty for the Broncos game and they just have not been fully in sync all year, okay? So context matters, but I gotta say, man, it's pretty funny how Tom Brady, the minute he leaves the Patriots, the minute there are two and four football team. In fact, when Tom Brady was with the Patriots for for twenty plus years, at no point during his time in New England was the team two and four with him as a starter. Nope, at no point did Tom Brady allow the Patriots to be in two a two and four ball club through six games. They were always at least 500 or better through six games with Tom Brady through the first six games, okay? And while Belichick and the Patriots are sitting through six games with two wins and four losses for the first time without Tom Brady, Tom Brady is sitting up there in Tampa Bay leading a 5 and 2 ball club. And arguably right now, Tampa Bay might have the most talented roster in the entire NFL. They at least have one of the top five rosters in football right now, okay? And Tom Brady, he's defying father time. He's 43 years old, but despite that old age, Tom Brady on the year through six, through seven games, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions, a 65% complete, completion percentage, a 102.7 passer rating. He's playing pretty well. He's in the MVP conversation. Meanwhile, Belichick—he's struggling. He's struggling to beat the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins of all teams have a better record than the Patriots right now. The Patriots are struggling. And the Patriots, when Tom Brady was in New England, they made the playoffs 17 times with him. With him there during that 20-year stretch, 17 times the Patriots made the playoffs. The Patriots—the minute Tom Brady leaves. They're in danger of making the playoffs. And to be honest with you, if they make the playoffs, they'll be lucky to win a playoff game because they're not a very good football team as of right now. Okay? And maybe if Belichick goes out there and gets a wide receiver in the offseason or maybe trades for one at the training deadline because he needs to, or maybe... If Cam Newton fails this year, Belichick gets his hands on a very good stud, young quarterback. Maybe he signs to Dak Prescott. I don't know what other free agent quarterbacks are out there, but Dak Prescott, as of right now, he's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. He'd be an upgrade. I think Dak Prescott's the perfect New England Patriots quarterback. A guy that's a great leader. He's a grinder. Outside of this season where, he, where, he, where he's been injured, he doesn't miss games. He's a very smart quarterback. Doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. He's the perfect Bill Belichick-type quarterback. I can see Belichick... Turning Dak Prescott into a star. In fact, Dak Prescott—he was already, you know, putting up good numbers in Dallas. You know, he was—he was leading the league in passing yards. You know, he was throwing for a lot of touchdown passes. Last the last two seasons, he—he's been putting up good numbers. So maybe Belichick turns it around this year. I—I actually predicted the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl this year. So automatically, I predicted—I predicted that Tom Brady would win round number one of the divorce. So again, we can't fully judge the Brady and Belichick divorce until we see what Bill Belichick does over the next couple of seasons and what Tom Brady does over the next couple of seasons. Maybe Tom Brady, you know, chokes in the playoffs. Maybe he gets blown out in the playoffs. There's so many other things that could happen. Tom Brady could get hurt, and then a season gets derailed, you know, or the Patriots could turn their season around. So we don't know what's going to happen down the road. But as of right now, the people that have said in the past that Tom Brady's a system quarterback, he's a pride to Belichick, he'd be a bust anywhere else. Those people are slowly running out of arguments. Tom Brady right now is lapping Bill Belichick. The Buccaneers, they look really, really good. And right now, early on, Tom Brady is winning his divorce with Bill Belichick. Speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Boy oh boy, boy oh boy! it's Tampa Bay a talented team? I recognize the Kansas City Chiefs are six and one right now. I recognize the Pittsburgh Steelers are six and zero. I recognize Seattle's five and one. I recognize the Green Bay Packers are five and one. But I've watched every single NFL team play multiple times this season. I've, I've seen every single team play at least twice this year. I've I've been I've been you know really inclined to watch all the good teams specifically. I haven't wa- I haven't missed the Packers game. I have not, I have not missed a Steelers game. I have not missed a Ravens game. Have not missed a Seahawks game. Have not missed a Chiefs game. And I haven't missed a Buccaneers game. And I gotta tell you people, by the way, I, I have Game Pass. For, the, for those of you that maybe are saying, how can you, miss, how can you watch all these games? I have Game Pass, okay? So if you can, if you can get NFL Game Pass, you should do it. It's worth it. It's worth, it may be a little bit of money, but it's worth it, okay? But I've watched all these teams play. And my eyes tell me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are arguably the best team in all football. Now, as of right now, I'm not saying Tampa Bay is a lock to win the Super Bowl. Even though I did pick Tampa Bay to go to the Super Bowl and beat the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55, that was my prediction in the offseason. I'm not going to officially say they're locks to win the Super Bowl, but as of right now, they have the best roster. That's just my opinion. And honestly, I don't even think Tampa Bay has reached their full ceiling yet. Chris Godwin has missed multiple games due to injury. Mike Evans has been hobbled all year. Leonard Fournette has missed time due to injury. But I told you guys in the offseason when everyone was giving me pushback saying, Tom Brady's washed, he's no good, this Buccaneers team's overrated, you're crazy, we're picking them to win the Super Bowl. I told you guys in the offseason, I said, okay, you guys can disagree with me, but let's all compromise and let's all meet back up midseason and let's see what the Buccaneers are cooking with. And to be honest with you guys, I think the Buccaneers are going to roll through the New York football Giants. On Monday Night Football, the Giants are not a good football team. That's a big-time mismatch. I think Daniel Jones is going to get killed in that game by that pass rush. He's going to probably turn the football over multiple times. Daniel Jones, you know he's a turnover waiting to happen. The Giants are not a good football team. The Buccaneers are starting to really click. So, assuming the Buccaneers beat the Giants this week, there will be a 6-2 ball club through eight games played halfway through the season. And honestly, they've not even reached their full ceiling yet. People, how can you not get on the bandwagon? This team is scary good, okay? And not to mention, they'll probably be 6-2 and halfway through the season. You know who Tampa Bay plays the rest of the way through their schedule? They play the Lions once. They play the Falcons twice. They play the Panthers. They play the Vikings. The Vikings are not a good football team. The Falcons are a joke. The Lions, they're a decent team, but Tampa Bay's better. The Panthers, they're a decent team, but Tampa Bay's better. And not to mention, they play the Saints, the Rams, and the Chiefs. Tough games, you might think. But guess what? All three of those games, they're at home for Tampa Bay. And guess what? Tom Brady gets a bye week in week number 13. That is so crucial for that team. You want to know why it is? Because Tom Brady, he is 43 years old. Do you know how crucial that bye week is going to be for Tom Brady late in the season? Because... We've kind of seen older quarterbacks kind of deteriorate, deteriorate as the season goes on. You know, Drew Brees, the last couple of years, his numbers have significantly declined as the season goes on. That's a perfect time for a bye week for the, for the, not Patriots, for the Buccaneers. Now, look at this team. Tom Brady's no longer an elite quarterback, but Tom Brady is still pretty good. He's already going to be a top 10 quarterback. So the Buccaneers, they're a B to a B plus at quarterback. Tom Brady's a good distributor. He's not going to turn the football over. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones have been a good running back duo. They got A-plus weapons. Not to mention, like I said I didn't even mention this earlier, the Buccaneers, they added Antonio Brown to their team. Antonio Brown is a top-five wide receiver if he's fully healthy. If Antonio Brown returns to his old form, that's a top-five wide receiver. Easily. Easily. You pair Antonio Brown with a healthy Mike Evans, with a healthy Chris Godwin, with a healthy Scotty Miller, with Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski being your tight end, not to mention Tyler Johnson has been a very good rookie wide receiver. That's a scary sight of weapons that Tampa Bay has right there. How do you defend this team? Not to mention, Tampa Bay has a ferocious defense. They're third right now in total defense on the year. They're eighth as far as points per game allowed. And I cannot get over how impressive the Buccaneers win versus Green Bay was. A lot of people think Green Bay Bay might be a fraud. I disagree. I think Green Bay is going to win about 12 to 13 games this year. Come back to this video and talk to me when you see Green Bay out there winning a bunch of games. Green Bay is a very good football team. Outside of the Tampa Bay loss, they've annihilated teams. Their margin of victory has been very wide. They beat the Saints on the road, the Packers. They're one of the best teams in all football. And the Buccaneers destroyed them. Aaron Rodgers, he was looking bad. The bad man, Aaron Rodgers, was looking bad. Okay, man, I got to say, people, if Antonio Brown works in Tampa Bay, and if he doesn't screw up with the chemistry, Tampa Bay very well could just roll to the Super Bowl. That's just my honest opinion. I think people have to start getting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bandwagon. I told you guys, This would be about a 12-win football team. I think they'll probably get to about 12 wins this year. They may not get the one seed because Green Bay is looking pretty good. Uh, You know, we'll see. I think the one seed will come down to Green Bay or Tampa. Tampa does have an easy schedule down the road. I would not be shocked if they get the one seed. If they get the one seed over Green Bay or Seattle, they most likely will go to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to count out Russell Wilson. I'm not going to count out Aaron Rodgers. But I'm sorry. Tom Brady has the better roster at his disposal. He's got more help. The Buccaneers, they're a better team than Seattle, and they're a better team than Green Bay as far as talent goes, okay? So it will take a miraculous performance from Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to knock off this Buccaneers team, and to be honest with you, I don't think the Rams can knock off this team. I don't think the Cardinals can knock off this team. I don't think the 49ers can knock off this team, okay? There's only two teams I really trust to knock off the Buccaneers. Maybe the Saints, just because the Saints are familiar with the Buccaneers, but I gotta say, man, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, they're really, really good, and... People have to start taking notice because they very well could roll to Super Bowl 55. They're that good, in my opinion. Okay, one final topic right here. I want to talk about Tua Tonga So at the time of this recording, it is Sunday morning. I don't know when this when this segment is gonna get out to you guys, but the but the Los Angeles Rams are traveling to Miami, Florida to play the Miami Dolphins this week in week eight of the 2020 NFL season. And this is going to be Tua Tungavailoa's first ever start in the NFL. I'm so excited. Tua Tungavailoa. If you don't know who he is, he's the former Alabama quarterback, former Heisman Trophy finalist. He won a national title at Alabama. He put up great numbers. He's the he was the number five overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Miami fans are excited. I'm excited. I can't watch I cannot wait to watch Tua play. I think that I think the Miami Dolphins are putting Tua Tongailoa in a great position to succeed. Now, I have some questions about Tua. I'm not fully all in on Tua. Tua did have a lot of injuries in college. There was not a single player in college football. that I saw in the injury tent more than Tua and Tungamailoa. That's just just the harsh reality. Okay, he was constantly injured. I want to see if he can take hits at the NFL level. I want to see how his body holds up. I understand that, you know, he had some rough games versus Clemson in 2018 where he got bodied by Trevor Lawrence. He didn't play particularly well versus Mississippi State, didn't play particularly well versus Georgia. That's kind of what concerns me about Tua. By the way, the Georgia game I'm talking about is in 2018. All three of those games I mentioned were in 2018. I talked about 2018 because that was the last time Tua played a full season season. His season was cut short due to injury in 2019. So in 2018, he struggled versus Clemson, struggled versus Mississippi State, struggled versus Georgia. I mentioned that because Tua had a lot of good players around him at Alabama. He had good wide receivers, good running backs, really good offensive line, really good coaching. He had it made, okay? When Tua was put on an even playing field with the Clemsons of the world, with the Georgians of the world, in the 2018 SEC in the SEC title game, he at times looked mortal. So, I just want to see if Tua can really break through in the NFL. I'm not all in on him. I have one foot in the water when it comes to Tua. You know, I kind of want to see how the temperature is. I'm not all in on this pool of water right here. not saying I'm going to jump right in right away. Maybe give me about a couple minutes or a couple weeks. Let's see how Tua plays, okay? And I think Tua at times... Thinks he's more mobile than he actually is. That got him into some trouble at Alabama. Got him hurt from time to time. And Tua has has been compared to Drew Brees and Russell Wilson in the past. I said he's not even close to those guys. Those guys are elite quarterbacks in their prime. I don't ever see Tua being an elite quarterback. He He's a little bit physically limited. Doesn't have the strongest arm. Not the greatest athlete. But I've always said where you get drafted matters. Okay? It really does. It it matters big time. I look at Brian Flores in Miami. He's one of the best young coaches in the entire NFL. He's doing a great job. I look at Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator. He runs an offense that's very similar to the one that Tua ran at Alabama. So he's got a good head coach and a good offensive coordinator that, that runs a system that fits what he likes to do. He's got good solid weapons in Devontae Parker, at wide receiver, and Mike Gesicki at tight end. So he's got a good, young, rising tight end and a star wide receiver. Maybe Devontae Parker's not a star, but he's very, very good. He's pretty close, okay? He's really good. A solid running game, not to mention, you know, Miles Gaskins has been pretty good this year. And And the Miami Dolphins drafted four offensive linemen this past draft, okay? In the 2020 draft, they drafted four offensive linemen. And they also signed Ted Karras and Eric Flowers. So the Miami Dolphins, what they're telling me is they care about protecting Tua and Maloa. I see. I see so many times where the Colts failed to protect Andrew Luck. Where you know Washington they consistently you know not address the offensive line. You know the Giants they've not addressed their offensive line with Daniel Jones. He's getting out. He's getting killed out there. A lot of quarterbacks get ruined because they don't have enough protection. I mean Baker Mayfield last year. Baker Mayfield had no time to throw the football. He looked a mess. The minute Cleveland fixes, the, fixes their offensive line, Baker Mayfield looks pretty good. He looks like a franchise quarterback. So I like the fact that the Dolphins have invested in their offensive line. Not to mention, they signed guys like Byron Jones, Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van They drafted a couple of defensive backs. The Miami Dolphins are trying to win the line of scrimmage and play good defense. That's what they're trying to do based on the way they drafted it. And the base and based on the way they've signed for agents, they care about their line of scrimmage play and they care about getting stops on defense. It's very New England Patriots-esque the way Brian Flores is building up this team. And I'm not shocked because Brian Flores was on the Miami, not Miami Dolphins, he was on the New England Patriots coaching staff a couple of years ago. And he learned he learned under Belichick, He learned he learned under Josh McDaniels, even though that Brian Flores is more of a defensive mind head coach. He's been within a great culture in New England in the past. So I'm not shocked that he's trying to build his team very similar to how the Patriots built their Super Bowl teams around Tom Brady. And for what it's worth, those formulas worked. So I believe in what Brian Flores is trying to do. And this Miami Dolphins team in 2020, they're 3-3 on the season right now. I understand that 3-3 is not knocking your socks off. You know, you're saying, they're 500. That's not all that great. Well, guess what? A lot of people did not expect Miami to be this good this early in the season. Okay. They're competing for a playoff spot right now. They have an outside shot to make the playoffs. And they've given two and Tiger Maloa a great chance to succeed because they've built a good team around him. They've got a good coaching staff. Not to mention, they're inserting two and Tiger Maloa when he's ready. Brian Flores and that coaching staff, they said, let's, let's sit to for about, for about seven weeks. Let's let him learn the playbook. Let's get them on a bye week, okay? Because the, the Miami Dolphins, they gave Tua Loa the entire bye week to prepare for this Los Angeles Rams team, along with this week of practice. And the Rams, they're coming off a short week of an emotional win versus Chicago. And ultimately, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to win this football game. Now, where they win or lose, you know, it doesn't really matter in the context of things. But I will say, I like the situation is in right now. They're not. They're being very patient with Tua. They're not asking him to do too much. They're gonna. They're gonna say, "Hey, Tua, come in. Be an accurate distributor. We'll run the football. We'll protect you. We'll play great defense. Just don't make mistakes." And by the way, Tua, I think he's prepared. You know, Dwayne Haskins last year, he was thrown into the fire. You know, in Washington, wasn't prepared. You know, I've seen a lot. A lot of young quarterbacks be ruined more than developed. I think Tua is being developed properly. Okay, now. There's a lot of pressure on Tua Tonga by Loa because a lot of people felt that if Tua were fully healthy, you know, he would be the number one overall pick over Joe Burrow. A lot of people actually said that Joe Burrow might be a one hit wonder. And so far, Joe Burrow, he's looked pretty good. He's looked like a number one overall pick. And Justin Herbert, the quarterback that was picked right after Tua, in my opinion, he's looked better than, Just- he's looked better than Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert looked like a stud this year. So, Tua has a lot of pressure on himself. He's got to come in and make the Miami Dolphins right. I'm not saying he has to be better than Burrow or uh, Justin Herbert, but it would help because right now, they look pretty darn good. So, Tua, you're going to have to win some football games. A lot of people know who Tua is. The Miami Dolphins have yet to have a franchise quarterback to replace Dan Marino. And many people are hoping Tua Tagovailoa is the guy. And like I mentioned earlier. Tua, he's got a good roster. That's on the rise in Miami. They're going to continue to add talent. They're a big time market. Free agents want to play in Miami. It's a sunny place. There's good food there. A lot of swimming pools. A lot of beautiful women. People will want to play in Miami. Miami will not have problems attracting free agents. It seems like they can draft pretty well. It seems like they have a good coaching staff. Excuse me. It seems like the Miami Dolphins might be building something special, but in order for that to manifest, Tua Tonga has to be a hit. Tua Tonga cannot be a bust. If he's a bust, then Brian Flores he might be out the door pretty soon because we know how we know how black head coaches you know get treated. You know they they have very short leases. You know, okay, that's just the reality. Black head coaches have short leases. Okay, they really do. And ultimately, if the Miami Dolphins look at Joe Burrow and they look at Justin Herbert and they say those guys are phenomenal and they look at Tua and they say this guy's holding, holding us back, it could be a huge problem. And ultimately, you still got to knock off the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Two teams that are well run and really good. So it will be ideal if Tua and Tanga is a hit for the Miami Dolphins. If Tua is a hit, I think the Miami Dolphins can be a special team going forward. But if Tua is not a hit, if he's a bust or he's a flop, that could spell trouble for Miami. And a lot of people are going to get fired. And by the way, if Tua doesn't succeed in the NFL, it will probably be because he's not good enough to succeed. So ultimately, it is all on Tua Tagovailoa to make the Miami Dolphins look very smart. We'll see what Tua Takabaloa does versus the L.A. Rams in his first ever game. And we'll see what he does going forward. I think he has a chance to have a bright future. I think he has the makings to be a franchise quarterback. But only time will tell. Well, everyone, that's pretty much all I have today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Have a God-blessed day. Stay safe, everyone. And I'm out. Thank you so much for watching this video today. Please also note that the Juicelur Sports Podcast is not just a YouTube channel. It is available on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content with all your friends. This podcast is my favorite thing in the entire world right now. It is my passion. I want more people to listen to this podcast. I really want this podcast to grow. Also, a fun fact about me is that I want to go into the sports broadcasting and media world once I graduate from the University of Toledo, a college in Northern Ohio. I am looking to become one of the next great sports broadcasters and analysts out in the world. And I potentially would like to start my own network If this podcast really, truly grows, or if I fall short of that goal, I would love to work for a big-time network like ESPN or Fox Sports 1. I am open to all networks. So if you believe in my dreams and you see or hear my passion through the screen, be sure to tell all your friends about the Juice Sports Podcast. Stay motivated, you guys. Have a God-blessed day, and I'm out.